Fui Malo, Roto El Pato de Vestibario. La interpretación siempre negativa, siempre negativa, nunca positiva. It's Monday morning and we are in Madrid still the day after Barcelona beat Atletico Madrid 1-0. A huge three points to move. Three points clear of Real Madrid at the top of La Liga after Madrid were beaten 2-1 at Villarreal on Sunday. I was at Barca's win over Atletico in Madrid on Sunday. Rick was at both games. He was in Villarreal on Saturday to see Madrid lose to, to Villarreal 2-1. And he was in Madrid on Sunday night to see Barca beat Atletico in a, in a wet game, in a tough game. <laughs> in a game which ended with red cards and an incredible goal line clearance from Ronald Araujo that was settled by Usman Dembele's first half goal um, as Barcelona won for the first time in three games at Atletico Madrid after back-to-back -back defeats without scoring. Um, I'm Sam Marsden and I'm joined by Rick Sharma. Rick, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing very well. We're sitting in this, this cafe in Madrid eating some fresh tortilla, a good one. I, you know, I don't want to put it in a ranking list, I don't want to, don't want to say it's like the best one I've ever had or, or where I would put it, but it's pretty good. It's got some runniness to it. I remember we spoke about tortilla before with Tony and I can't remember what Tony's opinion was on whether it should be runny or how runny it should be. I think he agreed it should be runny and then gave us places where you could find runnier ones in Barcelona because typically in Barcelona they're overdone and they're not runny at all. Yeah. On Tony, um, we should have some good stuff coming up from and with Tony later this week, but he can't join us this morning because He's not in Madrid, so he's not here at the, the Queen's Cafe, named after Alexia Puteas, <laughs> eating tortilla with us. Um, but he is on a flight to Saudi Arabia, where it's the Supercopa taking place this week. So he'll be at Barca's game against Real Betis on, on Thursday. So we'll catch up with him ahead of that game um, for the for the down low on, on Barca's experience on the Supercopa. And just on the, a point on the wet, you said the, the, the game against Alessio was wet. It was wet, raining outside, but... I re my big regret from the game, my one regret is I didn't get a photo of Sam arriving absolutely soaked because he's been walking around outside trying to find where they do the TV accreditation office and he arrived and he's wearing this, like, he's still wearing it now, it's like a brown sort of sheepskin kind of sheepskin, fleecy, fleecy. <laughs> fleecy kind of jersey, something to keep you warm in the winter but it made me think that what would it be like being a sheep just living outside in the rain because that's what it looked like, it looked like you were absolutely soaked sheepskin, the problem with that <laughs> I have with accreditation at some clubs is they move the accreditation around because we apply as rights holders to MediaPro. They have the MediaPro accreditations in a lorry in the car park sometimes. So you go to the accreditation office, but you never know where it's going to be. So you could go to the lorry first and they'd be like, what are you on about? Or you could go to the accreditation office and they won't have it. More often than not, it's just in the normal place. But yesterday, for whatever reason, because I'm not well known at Atletico Madrid, it was in the lorry. I like the idea of you going to random lorries, being like, do you have accreditation? Then being like, what the hell are you talking about? And it was a bad day to go to the lorry because it was absolutely, during the spell that I was shuttling between the accreditation office and the lorry in the car park was probably the worst spell of rain in the, in the day in, in Madrid. But I got the accreditation and I got into the, into the ground um, to see Barca. Well, just, just to finish on Tony, yeah. I was just saying, before Rick interrupted me to talk about me getting wet, that Tony will be with us later in this week from, from Saudi Arabia ahead of the, ahead of the Supercopa. Um, but yeah, I got into the ground and it did dry up. I mean, it was raining a lot before the game, but it dried up before the game. It wasn't raining, I don't think. I was undercover by then for the, for the game as Barcelona um, started quite well, didn't they? They were... They went with four midfielders. I mean, Pedri kind of nominally to the left, although I, I, quite like the, I quite like the idea of that shape. I don't know if in practice it worked that well, especially once they scored. But the idea of, you know, the, the way it easily shifts to the back three with Kunde coming in alongside Adalpo and Christensen, Balde having the left flank, then Belly the right flank, Pedri sort of an inside left. 
um, because that was the, the option that Javi chose to, to replace Robert Lewandowski to play all four of his first choice midfielders not to leave any one of them out and to play Ansu kind of as the nine Dembele to the right um, and it worked quite well in the first 20 minutes I mean I think everyone agreed on that Simeone and Javi certainly did Barca they went fino as Javi would say there was quite a lot of stray passes still. still wasn't like not everything was clicking but they were on top they were the associated play was there they created a couple of chances Ansu had a couple of blocks and then Dembele gave them the lead in the 22nd minute with a good move nice run from, from Pedri good assist from, from Gavi and a really good finish from Dembele yeah and I think at that point of the game you could say it was deserved them taking the lead that they had been by far the better team Atletico were, hadn't woken up as Jan Oblak later put it when he was speaking about the game and Barca were well on top and they played with the sort of intensity that, that you expect them to, to play with all the time and they don't always. And they, they said after the game and I think before the game that they wanted to make a sort of statement victory and sort of start 2023 in La Liga with a, a better, on better footing than they ended 2022 with that Espanyol draw. And, and they did and in, the, in the first 25 minutes or so. And after that, things took a turn for the worse. I don't want to. I'm not going to lay into Barca for not, you know, sort of dominating the entire match because you can't ask them to do that against. Even though Atletico are not very good, one of the the best teams in the world. Still, they're still one of the top, you know, 30 clubs in world football. It's not going to be a stroll in the park. And as a lot of managers in the World Cup said, actually, that football is getting more and more and more and more equal. So there's lots of countries and clubs at lower levels who are benefiting from technology and improving the level. So it's going to only get harder and harder for the best clubs. Unless they can, you know, sort of buy everyone like Manchester City or Paris Saint Germain to to compete, to, to because there's only one title, and there's a lot of clubs that have got really high levels of technical ability where in the past they didn't used to have. And I'm not someone who's, in terms of La Liga, I'm not I'm, I'm not a huge La Liga ma- man. Like I'm not someone who's like, yeah, La Liga is the best league in the world. It's this, it's that. But the technical level across like a lot of the clubs is very, very high. So. Like, you can't expect Barca to completely dominate a game against Atletico Madrid in the Metropolitano. But I think they did lose control for too long in this game and were a little bit lucky to come away with the three points in the end because Atletico had two extremely good chances. Yeah. I mean, they had the chances at the end. I think Barca kind of did okay to weather the storm in the second half. That After the goal, the complete swing in the game was, was remarkable. Atletico were completely on top until half-time. There was the... You know, the Griezmann almost scored from a corner. There was the Jimenez header that shaved the post. The Ter Stegen save from from Griezmann. There were a couple of other chances where perhaps Molina, with a better decision, would have would have squared instead of shoot him. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the World Cup because I was actually thinking of the World Cup in this game as well. Because in the World Cup, it's much more pronounced. But that way, that games. I mean, it's always been the case, but in the World Cup, it's so much more pronounced because there's so much more on the line and it's such a short format. But the way that games swing on goals, and this is particularly relevant in Barca games. Because I guess, I guess it's. I mean, it makes sense. And it's obvious because Atletico are quite happy at 0-0, even if Barca have the ball. Once it goes to one 0 and they've got to change the way they play. But what's remarkable is how sort of against Espanyol and against Barcelona, this was a, what was asked of Javi is how Barca can't control or have since the World Cup break. I mean, it would be unfair to use this as a reflection of the whole season. But since the World Cup breaks, they haven't been able to control games when they've been in front. It happened against Espanyol, against Intercity, and now against Atletico Madrid. Albeit with the caveat against Atletico Madrid that they did manage to hold on. But isn't, what I found interesting on that sort of note is that it was only when Kessie came on that they got control back of the game. And I, this is, and I don't think Frankie Jung was playing particularly well, but I don't think this is sort of an anti-Frankie point. It was more that they, it was almost like they had to have a slap in the face to, to wake up and, and change things around. And it wouldn't have mattered who, who we'd taken off. Obviously, 
Gavi and Pedri, you wouldn't want to take them off for, at least for as long as you can. So maybe you know, Busquets could have gone as well. Busquets or Audrey Young, neither were having a good game. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Neither were playing that well. And I think it just it sort of re-alivened real, real Barcelona. They had to think again. They had to readjust. They had to be like, okay, so now we're playing with Kessie. We haven't, you know, on the pitch in La Liga. They hardly played with this season. Been injured for a while. Played a few games at the start. Didn't really impress. I just remember when he came on, I was thinking, well, the, the game was getting tense and sort of a bit fraught. Like Atletico uh, were complaining about everything as they, they tend to do, but they were particularly unhappy with the refereeing yesterday. Well, um, for what it's worth, I thought the referee was, was fine. It was okay. There was only one decision I thought he made badly, which was a handball by Busquets in the first half. He didn't give, where to me it looked pretty obvious that it was a handball. Um, so when Kessie came on, I was like, well, this, is, this guy nearly got sent off in one game when he got booked and had to be taken off at half time. Did he, did he get sent off in another game? I can't remember if I'm inventing that or not. No, he didn't. And anyway so far I was like wow he's not really showing much but he came on and suddenly Barca were a lot calmer again and they started doing something that is genuinely quite simple which they do all the time in training which is just simply pass the ball around in a circle in the rondo basically and they started doing that again and the let's go for 20 or so 30 minutes maybe didn't have any chances until the sendings off and Griezmann's shot at the end which was brilliantly blocked by Ronald Arujo. Yeah. what I thought when Kessier came on was so these changes that Javi made for anyone that missed them or missed the game were very early in the second half, 54 minutes, he bought on Kessier and Ferran Torres for Ansu and, and Frankie Dion. But what I thought most of all was, I wasn't surprised that Kessier came on, but it was almost, it felt like the first real sign of, show of faith in him. He's not started any big games, you know, his appearances have all come in, you know, Copa del Rey games or, you know, the Champions League game against Victoria, Victoria Pils in the first Champions League game when he scored. Um, his minutes off the bench have often come really late on and have almost been sort of either when Barca have already won the game and there's no risk or when Barca are kind of... The second one, I'm not sure because I can't, remember, can't quite remember the Bayern games. When Barca are kind of like, not hopelessly chasing games, but the, the, the chances of them coming back to, to win the game are remote and it's like, well, we'll get Kessie on for some, some minutes. Whereas yesterday, came on at 1-0 in a real delicate situation. Barcelona on the ropes away at Atletico Madrid, a really difficult difficult game. So it felt like a real show of faith in, in Kessie, um, which may be good for him moving forward, uh, confidence-wise. Um, and as you say, from, from there... <coughs> I'm loath to say Barca had control, but they, 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 they limited what Atletico did. I think Atletico was still probably just about the better team, although the better chances actually came to, to Barca, and they were both. I mean, there's been a lot of sort of... I don't even know if it's jokes or if it's just actual truth of what happened yesterday about Barca being a little bit more Cholista, a little bit more atletico style in their <laughs> win yesterday, the way they held on, some of their tactics and sort of like tactical fouls and stuff, really. You can see Diego Simeone getting wound up on the, the touchline and the fans really sort of falling into that trap and blaming the refs and whatnot. Um, but yeah, the two big chances. I've got a little bit of criticism for saying this, but it's kind of Dembele in a nutshell. He scores a really good goal, but then, and they weren't, they weren't necessarily easy tap-ins that he missed, but those two long balls when he got in behind, um, and he missed those chances to, to kill the game off in the second half. And there's also Pedri's chance in the first uh, half. At 1-0, that's almost before the, the tide has swung. Yeah, the Jimenez back pass and then Molina gets across. Pedri just takes a little bit too long. I think that would have been the game. If Pedri had scored that, it would have been the game game done at that point. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I mean, as people rightly point out, Dembele is probably Lewandowski's side is Barcelona's only, only game winner. But also, it's also fair to say, well, he could still do more with the talent he's got and those two chances that he's got and the pace that he's got and two feet that he's got and he doesn't <laughs> doesn't quite but let's not be too greedy when you consider what Dembele was like for the first four years 
of his Barcelona career. For him now to be staying fit, playing well, making a difference, scoring goals that win you games like this, I think that that he's come along brilliantly. That, that that's the one, the one shining success of the Xavi regime so far has been his faith in Dembele, getting him to stay and getting him to play this well, consistently. Consistently, and people say he's not consistent. And true, like even like you say, even within games, he can be a bit inconsistent. But generally, when Dembele is on the pitch, you know it's going to have a positive effect for your team. That, to me, is consistency. Not whether he misses a chance, scores a chance, misses a chance, scores a chance. I just know that when Dembele is on the pitch, he's going to help Barca. And there's not a lot, you know, there's Pedri, there's Gavi, Lewandowski, Araujo. Those players, I'm, I'm, I'm certain when they're on the pitch, they're, they're going to help the team. They're going to improve the team. Not the other players, I'm not, certain, I'm not certain of it. Some games they will, some games they won't. I don't think you'd be certain with Dembele. He has, does have, still have bad games, but yeah, I know what you mean. And yet, yet, yet on Sunday, he was the... Well, the, he scored the winning goal, but I think Barca's best players, is it fair to say, were probably the defenders, Araujo and Christensen. Who, Christensen, it's gone from... It's probably been quiet until now, but I feel like now we're probably going to see an overload of like what signing Christensen's been on a free transfer, like under-the-radar type thing, because he's been... Fairly, I mean, he's obviously had the injuries, which makes it hard to judge completely. But he kind of like drops out of the team for like an easy, easy the easy-ish or the perceived more easy home games. But then he's always there for the for the big games, and he always does quite well. But yeah, him and Araujo especially were were very good in helping Barca get that clean sheet, weren't they? Christensen has been what Eric Garcia was. The idea of Eric Garcia was he's literally been Eric Garcia, but good, but consistent, but without making mistakes. Plays the ball out well. It's very calm. Deal like he's not he's not he's not the quickest defender that Barca have got, but he's not too slow either, and, he, and he's good positional good positionally to be able to anticipate things, which is what you need to do if you're not the quickest in the world. So I think yeah, he has had a good season so far, good signing. Araujo alongside him, it just just absolutely bossed it yesterday. Like I almost can't believe it because he's just come back from injury, not 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 a good injury either, not like one you can brush off, one they needed surgery on. And he's just come straight into a game like this. Played, just played in that cup game for an hour or so the other day, didn't he? He could only play for an hour. He said it was agreed. They would see how he felt and he could only last an hour and then to play 90 minutes, like you say, at Atletico. At Atletico. Incredible. And with the level of performance that he did, which was exquisite. Made a, made a, a brilliant block from, I think it was Marcos Llorente in the first half, to just deflect an effort into the side netting. And then, of the, obviously, the standout moment was the, the match-saving moment at the end when he blocked on the line from Griezmann. I thought that was a goal. I thought that was it. It was like time slowed down. Griezmann had the goal gaping in front of him. He shot, it went past Ter Stegen and there was that alpha on the line to, to save. I thought it was a goal. Even when he cleared it, I mean, it's not over the line, but even when he cleared it, I wasn't completely sure that the ref wasn't going to have like a little watch buzzer. And Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't have that here. They don't have it in Spain. I'm 99% sure they don't have it in Spain. They okay. use VAR to check goal line decisions. All right, they don't have the Inexplicably. Although now, maybe someone will tell me I'm wrong, and that's I hope I hope they do because obviously they should have goal line technology, but I don't think they do. Yeah. Let's just talk a little bit about the system then, because we touched on it. Well, I touched on it early on, and maybe I went off onto a tangent quite early, and maybe people didn't quite understand the way that Barca had had set up. So I guess in theory it was kind of what would you say in, on paper it was the on paper formation, even though they're, they're useless. Four three three with Pedri as the left. No, left in the end there was a moment with like 20, 20 minutes to go or something where they did go to four three three, but until then I wouldn't say that. But I mean from the start, from the start for the best for that best twenty two minutes. There were, it was just one of those ones where you have in attack you have a different formation to defence. So sort of in defence maybe it was four four two even. Pedri and on then, the left. Yeah, 
and then attack it was more it was sometimes three at the back almost it felt like it wasn't well it's very clear at times it was very clearly three at the back Christensen left Araujo middle Kunde right yeah Dembele high on the right Balde high on the left Balde sort of middle on the left there. it wasn't as you know it wasn't like Dembele it wasn't right at the top of the attack he was sort of in a sort of a left midfield position not even like more advanced than a wing back but less advanced than a winger and then I guess you have that box midfield that Javi had in Qatar Busquets and De Jong at the base Pedri to the left Gabi to the right and Ansu through the middle Ansu also sometimes going to the left though and then Gabi sort of coming in almost as the the faithful I quite like I quite I mean it only worked for 22 minutes it's hard to say after that but I always think that when Barca have played that system, they played it when they beat Barca, um, Atletico 4-2 last season at home. But that time it was Gavi who played mm. sort of out of midfield on the sort of left role that Pedri had yesterday. And it also worked very well. Instead of Dembele, they had Adama Traore. Um, but yeah, it worked well against Atletico last season when they won 1-4-2. I quite like it. And I think there, I mean, we'll come to Busquets and Dion in a minute, but I think when I looked at the team before, in terms of what, who has given the most to Barca this season I know people will say Busquets has passed it or X is not in form or De Jong shouldn't be playing but in terms of who's given the most to them this season it makes sense to pick that team because you haven't been able to rely on Rafinha, Ferran or Ansu Yeah, I think that's fair I don't think with Ansu coming in off the left at points I don't know whether that was planned or whether it was that's what he's done in his career and it's what he sort of reverted to. Because at first he wasn't doing it and then later in the game he, he did start doing it, going out more wide to the left and he wasn't staying fixed in the middle where we sort of thought he would be and then he, then he did start drifting out there. So that might be deliberate or it might not be. It might be just sort of naturally, yeah, like you said, inclined to do. I think that, I think Rafinha has had a disappointing season but I like, he's another player, I like when he's on the pitch. He, he, he does give a lot. Unlike, for example, despite what Xavi says, Ferran Torres. I don't think he does do enough, Ferran Torres. And he got idiotically sent off fighting with Stefan Savic at the end yesterday. It was a ludicrous confrontation between the two. On the floor, Torres was pulling Savic's hair. Savic had his arm wrapped around Torres's neck. It was just pathetic behaviour from the both of them. And at first, in Metropolitana, you don't have replays. There's no television in the oh, Metropolitana. Oh, we have a TV next to us, but it's not oh, yeah? TV thing. Yeah. No, I didn't. So what I did have was my iPad on Movistar and like I'm on a minute's delay. So at first, when they were sent off, I was like, I don't know what's happened here. Is the ref just doing a Matteo Lauer's? Is he, has he lost the plot and just sent them off for, for sort of no reason? Oh, they're, they're not being, you know, sort of arguing with each other. Get rid of them, send them off like Lauer's did the other week. But then I watched the replay and I was like, oh no, the ref was completely right. They both deserved to go for sheer stupidity more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I missed that incident because A, like you say, it was off the ball and B, it was in the 92nd minute I was scrambling to, to finish things. So I missed that in real time. Um, but yeah, like you say, well well explained. Um, we'll wait and see what, what bans they get based on the, the ref's report. I, mean, I imagine three games for Torres. Barca are now going to be without Ferran Torres and in that case, even if it's two games, they're going to have two games, Hitafe and Girona without Ferran and without Lewandowski. Um, so that really limits you they're basically down to three forwards I guess oh no because there's Memphis as well so there's Ansu, Dembele Rafinha and and Memphis so yeah it's going to have consequences you know any injury and they're they're sort of really down to the I mean yesterday they played with two forwards so it's okay having four because you've got two backups yeah it's petulant silly silly from Ferran Torres in, in that scheme of things especially when he's trying to work his way into the team and the next two games with Lewandowski banned perhaps after Ansu starting yesterday he would have got his chance in the, in the next two league games admittedly there's Copa, Copa del Rey and Super Copa to come before them yeah I'd be, I'd be quite interested to see I, know, I don't know if we will because I don't think Javi likes Memphis to play that much but 
an attack where Memphis was in the middle, but he could drop deeper and have more freedom. And then you have Rafinha on the right and Dembele on the left, stretching the pitch when they need to. But also, when Memphis drops deep, coming in almost as two strikers, I think that could be quite a dynamic and interesting attack. I just don't oh, yeah. think we're going to see it, but we'll but see. Yeah, I mean, no minutes for Memphis yesterday. We've spoken about him a bit recently. And Javi, every time he speaks about him, speaks like he wants him to stay, but no... No minutes yesterday, so we'll see if he gets gets a chance. And I mean, like, the Super Cup is obviously going to be all about Robert Lewandowski. Obviously, he can play those games. So he's a cert if they if Barca play two games, definitely against Betis. Um, so we'll see see who gets minutes there. Um, Rick, do you want to take away the ratings? Yeah, good idea. Ter Stegen, I will give him an eight. Didn't have too much to do. I, I, neither goalkeeper had to make many saves, but. The one save he had to make from Antoine Griezmann in the first half, Ter Stegen, did brilliantly flipped it just what, over the bar. What did you think of Ter Stegen's distribution? It seemed a little bit... Probably more in credit to Atletico than discredit to, to Ter Stegen. It was a little bit ropey at times in the first half. There were no moments where I was worried by it, like in the sense that he was going to give the ball away. in a not in, not in a dangerous position, but it felt like he wasn't able to execute what he wanted to execute, and a lot of times he was sort of like the clip out to the fullback or the winger but he wasn't quite getting it or no that's yeah. fair that's fair but, but it never to me it never felt like it was a danger to Barca Jules Koundé seven good performance Ronald Araujo I'm going to give him a nine for that that block on the line at the end and, and generally just an, a great performance and a defender that no striker is ever going to look forward to, to going up against there's, there's no you know he's, he's he knows exactly where to be he's fast he's very strong there's not any, I don't want to say there's no flaws in his game, but there are a few flaws, and he's only going to get better as long as injuries respect him, as they like to say in Spain. Christensen, seven, another good performance. Balde, seven. I, I think that he was a bit unlucky to go off for Alonso at the end. I don't, I don't really, maybe it's tiredness, or I don't imagine so because he's quite young and, and hasn't played all that much, played a little bit at the World Cup. So I'm not sure what Xavi was doing with, with that substitution. Maybe just wanted extra hype from Alonso, perhaps. Busquets, five, I'll give him. I think he was probably the weakest performer, him or him or Frankie. Frankie, I'll give a five. Gavi, a seven. Pedri, a seven. Brilliant move for the goal. Brilliant run forward. Like, left Griezmann for dead, burst forward. The kind of thing he should do more at Barca. And he said after the game, Xavi told him to take risks, told him to, to, to get into the box, take shots. And it's the sort of thing that. For example, with Spain, it's almost in the whole situation's almost inverted itself. In the Euros with Spain, it's exactly what he was doing. He was brilliant, and and I said, why can't he be more like that for Barcelona? Why can't he bring on this sort of attacking verb for Barcelona? And then at the World Cup with Spain, he didn't. He didn't really do that, and and Spain lacks players who would do that, and, and they didn't take chances and didn't take risks, and they got knocked out. And today, well, yesterday, he did it for Barcelona. So well done. I thought I thought Pedri was fine. Um, the rating is fine. I just I felt like sometimes, even though Pedri is like. Seems small and not especially quick. He usually is able to like get away from players and whatnot. And I, I felt like sometimes he got a little bit caught on the ball or knocked off the ball by like players more than I'm used to seeing him do. It. And I think it was a just maybe sometimes it happens, but b also is because sometimes Javi always says he's completely in control of the game and knows exactly what to do at what moment. But there were moments when he was like going forward with the ball and he didn't really have options and it was like he didn't really know what to do yeah. apart, from, apart from keep running I think it's because this system of formation is, hasn't been used that much so yeah, and he was further the mechanics forward, further forward no Lewandowski yeah I'm just not used to the yeah, mechanics and then yeah no Lewandowski is a big thing because that's when you're an attacking sort of creative midfielder and you're used to playing with Robert Lewandowski you have one job basically 
Um, Usman Dembele, I'll give him an eight. I know he missed a couple of chances in the second half on the break, but he scored, he scored a very well-taken goal, great team goal, and, and, a, and a very clinical finish. It was Barca's main outlet. At times, I don't know, it's sort of narrative, buying into the narrative of everything. It felt like it was Dembele against Griezmann, two, two good friends, France teammates, colleagues. They were the key players for, for both teams. And Ansu Fati, oh, he started well, but then had a couple of shots that were blocked, then didn't really do much. I think he's, along with Busquets and De Jong, he's probably down on, on I'll give him a five, I think, for this game. Anything for the subs, Ferran and uh, Frank, Kessie, obviously oh, on early in the second half. Ferran can have a, a, a three, I think, because you come on and get sent off. It's the last thing you want to do when you're one nil up, trying to protect the lead, regardless of the provocation or, or whatever. Kessie, good, good performance. Seven from Kessie. Seven. Yeah, I think maybe more four. Maybe it's a bit generous because he made a mistake on the edge of his own box, which nearly gave the ball away. Barca recovered quite well. It didn't cause any danger in the end, but it was a mistake. It's more for the effect that his in- impact had on the team rather than his own contribution to the game. Once he came on, Barca were calm again and safe again. So seven for that rather than for, for Guess's performance. No comments really for Alonso, Roberto and, and Rafinha. Yeah. And well, just finally on the Barca win then, because I, well, I, I, obviously there will be... Today, Monday, I don't think it will last for long because there's a super copper. Um, but I actually just think you just take that win and it's just a great win. Regardless, we can analyse how Atletico had 20 shots to Barca's 10. They had more on target. They, I would be surprised if anyone disputed the fact that Atletico on the scheme of play were probably worth a point. Yeah, um, no, no, impossible to deny that. But rather than be critical of how Barca played once they went ahead, I just think on the on the run they were on after drawing with Espanyol, after the tricky game against Intercity, with no Lewandowski, away at Atletico, horrible conditions, I just think it's just a great win, especially on the back of Real Madrid losing. Um, people may criticise the performance and stuff, but this is what we were talking about last night. I think what's more important than anything this season and what will help Barca improve is if they just win games. And I know it comes, always comes back to the style with Barca. I'm not saying surrendered style. Keep with the style. But don't get critical if you have to win games like this and if it takes you towards winning the league because it feels like now, and even though we're not as far into the season as it feels because of the World Cup break, means we've only played 16 games. So there's still 22 games to go. We're not even at the halfway point yet. It feels like they have a real, real great chance to, to win the title. We joked about what Javi said last night because we're looking for a line from his... His, his press conference because there wasn't really much from him and Simeone they were all quite sort of the analysis they were all quite happy just to say Barca had the first 20 minutes I'd let go I mean Javi didn't say I'd let go had the next 70 but he was you know, Barca were good for half an hour he said um, but his strongest statement and it shouldn't be a strong statement but it sounds like it because he said Barca made a statement that we can be candidates for the title I mean how did I, how did I translate there's a better way of saying it in English but he's basically saying we are candidates for this league which is obvious because Barca always we, should be basically he said we've proved we can win the league yeah which it sounds better than it is when you start to think about it, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's basically what this season, as much as about the style, like that can come afterwards for me, I think. Not come, not come afterwards, but be fine-tuned afterwards. If you have to, and you will have to win games like this this season to, to win the league. This, yeah, I agree with you. It's not the kind of game where you need to, to worry about whether this performance means Barca can win the league or not, other than they played against a big team and they won away from home against a big team. Which is no so small thing positive. given how they've done in the last few years away from home yeah, yeah, think yeah. Back, if you think to the way they played last year at Atletico under Ronald Koeman like it was never at no point did anyone ever think Barcelona were going to win that game they were 2-0 down and Atletico just completely eased their way to, to winning that game yeah no, exactly and I think that the key really when you want to analyse things like this is when it's Barca at home against I don't know Valencia for example sort of a strong but not top team where that's the sort of game where you can 
get into everything and analyze whether how Barca are playing, whether Xavi's making progress or not, as opposed to when you go to a place like the Metropolitano. Yeah. Well, no doubt there will be um, there will be either praise or or obituaries written this week if Barcelona fail in the Supercopa. Another big chance for Xavi to to get his first trophy as Barca Barca boss, as irrelevant or relevant as it is. That's uh, uh, one other addition to what I just said was I think cup tournaments very much are an area where you can look at and see whether Xavi's improved or not because that's so far the big criticisms of, of Xavi, the Xavi era is that one well two things one that the team it hasn't played with the sort of panache and fluidity that you'd hope you hope for when he came in it is improving going in the right direction but it has you know there's been no great huge leap forward in that in that sense but even that is so temporary if we go back to last season's Supercopa when Barca were beaten by Real Madrid in the semi-final after extra time and the feelings were generally positive yeah um, Laporta spoke about being really proud and that sparked a really good run in the league where they didn't they were never really close to Real Madrid but they gave us a faint sort of hope that they could hang on until the end and then they won 4-0 at the Bernabeu and then fast forward to this season and with a better team they, they lost at the Bernabeu so it's kind of temper anyway but yeah I mean if Barca can play well and beat Real Betis and then who knows what happens in the Super Cup final but it's also coming from uh, seeing the direct contrast of a, the, the end days of Ronald Koeman or Sergi Bajran to then contrasting to, to that kind of thing whereas now we, we should be contrasting this Javi's Barca now with Javi's Barca that did beat Madrid 4-0 at the Bernabeu that did play very well for a period last season I think that that's the level they have to aspire to and maintain and improve upon yeah. if anything but the, the point I'm making is that the cup competitions is where you can you, ha, you can criticise what Xavi's done so far and, and I think that the Spanish Super Cup is essential to, to go and lift a trophy not because the trophy is particularly important it's a little bit more important than the Charity Shield anytime Chelsea for example have been the Charity Shield and lost within two hours I probably haven't cared about it at all so it's not it's not like that important but it is just he's Xavi said about this Celestico game it's more than three points, which is a funny comment. I said to you yesterday when we were in the press conference, that's a funny comment because normally managers say, oh, it's, even though it's a big win, it's only three points, the season's still long, blah, blah, blah. Javi said the opposite. It's more than three points because it gives us morale and confidence going forward. That is, the Spanish Super Cup is exactly that. It gives you the proof that you can win trophies against Real Madrid, basically is the, yeah, yeah. the gist of it. And then they've got the Copa del Rey to come as well. They're in the last 16 against Cueta who Javi said, I mean, I have some sympathy with Javi, but like, you just can't say these things as a football coach, is a sad reality. He said that Barca had been lucky in the draw. They were lucky. They got the, the lowest ranked team in the tournament, left in the Copa del Rey, um, a third division side, bottom of their, bottom of their league, um, two wins all season, but they've made it to the fourth round of the cup by beating Ibiza, a second division side, Alche, who are bottom of La Liga, and now they've got Barca, and obviously they have not liked Javi saying that Barcelona were lucky. I mean, obviously it's best draw Barca can have in theory pin that up on the dressing and wall territory and obviously their coach has come out this week and over the weekend and said you know we'll see who's been lucky after the game um, and it won't be easy for Barca as intercity proof but yeah a little bit of polemica there but I do have some sympathy for Javi because that's what we want from managers we want managers yeah. to be honest and say what they're thinking and say he's, you know he said it with the Champions League and the Europa League we've had bad luck we've had the worst possible draw that's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't agree with you I think you can say that as a manager and I'm glad Javi did yeah. but you, you're, there is going to be some blowback from it, but who cares? Like, yeah. genuinely, who cares? There's another next level of disrespect. Who cares what the safety manager's got to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, he's not listening. And hopefully, he's not pinning this up. Rick Sharma and Javi Hernandez <laughs> up, in the, up in the dressing room. Um, but yeah, more Copa del Rey to come. More Super Copa with Tony this week. Just before we finish, because um, this is a, will be a Siempre Positivo note for for listeners, Rick. You were at the, and I'm going to insist on calling it Al Madrigal. 
Stadio della Ceramica. La Familia Madrigal on banger, absolute banger that one. On uh, on Saturday to see Kike Setien. Yeah. And his Super Villarreal side. He was uh, not. I don't think he was close to the sack, but after he took over at Villarreal, there were genuinely after I think they lost a couple of games. There were genuinely sort of reports and stuff about you know. He's completely not got the players on side. They're like bamboozled by this guy. Um, they got a win against Espanyol just before, just before the World Cup break, and then since then, I think they're now on is it on a five or six game winning run? Six wins the, in a row. I mean, two, a couple of those are Copa del Rey games, and then the Liga, and then the big one against Real Madrid on Saturday, and they were fully worth their their two one win. Absolutely, they dominated the first half. Like absolutely dominated it. Had several chances. Madrid had very few. Then they went ahead with Pino scoring a good goal uh, then Madrid out of nowhere were given a penalty which was not a penalty it was a ha- it, it, for me for most people by the letter of the law perhaps you could give it Angelotti said at the end of the game that both penalties because Villarreal one after that were officially penalties but he even he didn't want to see Madrid e- given a penalty for yeah either of them and what Foyth touched Foyth when he, is, he was tussling with uh, I can't remember who it was now I think it was Vinicius yeah and Vinicius in the box and it just brushed his arm and, and a penalty was given and then Villarreal were furious about it quite rightly so and then two minutes later they had their own ridiculous penalty when Alaba slipped and the ball hit his hand by mistake as well so even though there was some moments of tension or moments when Madrid got level from the start Villarreal dominated that game and there was no there was no way Madrid should have taken anything from it and they didn't yeah. Villarreal probably should have scored a third late on and Courtois came up for the corner oh yeah with Dan Juma just uh Firing wide from forty odd yards or fifty yards or something. I mean, there was that makes it sound from forty fifty yards makes it sound difficult. I feel like he should have scored. Yeah, it's one of those where the goal's empty. You're a professional footballer. He put it wide of the far post. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy, easy, but I would. I, I was expecting to see him just roll it in as soon as that break happened. Would you have put it away? Well, I would never have been. I wouldn't have had the, the pace to probably have done. <laughs> if you put me there, if you put me in the position he was in with the ball, I would back myself nine times out of ten to roll it in from there. Well, it, was, it wasn't the halfway line, eh, more or less? I don't, I don't know how far Just it was. over, I think. I would, I would back myself to roll it in, in from there. What it means for the league then, Barca 41 points after 16 games, three clear of Real Madrid. It would have been a big win for Atletico yesterday because they would have, I don't think they would have put themselves into the title race, but they could have at least sort of feigned some sort of hope. Like I say, still 22 games to go, and on a weekend when Barca and Real Madrid had lost to be within eight points of them, I mean, I don't think they would make that back on both of them, but it would have at least given the illusion of something perhaps slightly opening up for them or something for them to fight for. But as it is, Atletico stay fifth now. They're 14 points behind Barca. And even though Barca have come from bigger gaps to catch Atletico in the past few years, even if they didn't eventually finish above them, um, I can't see Atletico making that up on, on Barca. I think for a while now we thought it would be between Barca and Real Madrid. And the interesting thing is Real Sociedad's still going well. They're up to third, just six points behind, behind Real Madrid and nine behind Barca. Next yeah. up... I don't believe Real Sociedad will compete for the title, but they are having a very good season. It, Next weekend, the best derby. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's only five points declared of Atletico Madrid and Real and Villarreal, who are both in quite good form. I mean, Atletico only beat Alche, but I thought they were quite good against Barca. They'll have belief they can finish in the top four, but it's a nice cushion for Sociedad and based on where they finished in the last few seasons under Emmanuel 5th, 6th and 5th I think they're, they're, it's about time they cracked the, the top 4 I think and it looks like they could do it at the moment they're very good in, in defence um, probably don't score enough goals but we'll see um, that's all for La Liga we'll have Supercoppa Tony in Saudi Arabia um, Barca against Betis on, on Thursday Valencia against Real Madrid on Wednesday the winners to meet in the final on Sunday in the meantime stay positive <laughs>